Hello and welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, author of How to Start a Side Hustle and resident business coach, serving you straight up business advice to help you start, grow and scale the business of your dreams. Welcome back to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative and author of How to Start a Side Hustle. And on today's episode, I have an absolute legend who is a fellow author, creative genius, funny guy, uh, artist and YouTuber, plenty of incredible things under his belt. But his name, you might know him as Truthless Online. Uh, but his name is Campbell and he's an incredible, passionate creative who has done in many different things. Uh, and we talk today about where he started, how he started, uh, which is a pretty unconventional, fun way of getting into the creative industries and building a business out of doing what you love. Super fun chat, absolute legend, lots of great insights into turning your passion into a viable business Um, and just an all-time casual great conversation. It was something we've been trying to do for a long time after discussing collaborating on some fun creative projects which hopefully will happen down the track. Um, But yeah, enjoy this episode with Campbell. He's recently become a father and is got lots of incredible wisdom to share with you guys and it was an absolute blast having him on the episode so tune in and enjoy let us know what you think we're doing it we're finally here welcome to the podcast campbell aka struthless thank you very much thank you so much for having me Good to have you. We were just about to get into like small talk and I was like, let's just hit record. I think this is going to be a banging chat. Sick. My vice is being chatty, I think. (laughs) So I would just chew your ear off. (laughs) No, it's so good to finally meet you. But maybe before we get into it, do you want to introduce yourself and what you do and and what, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, My name's Cam. Um, If I was to describe my job to, say, my wife's grandma, who is 90 and has never left Tamworth, I would say I draw cartoons um, (laughs) and occasionally make videos. Um, Somebody a little bit more internet savvy or uh, I'm an illustrator. I have an animation studio. I have a YouTube channel and I'm an author. Yeah. Congratulations. So many epic things that you're putting out into the world. Oh, thank you. Takes one to know one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's the, you know, that's the beauty of what we do as creatives and working for ourselves is you get to really curate the people you spend time with. Oh, isn't it brilliant? Yeah, absolutely. It's so good. And and I think looking over all of your stuff and having come across it and, yeah, diving it, I love that you just like occasionally make videos. You're like hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Something I loved about it. I mean, I think, you know, I really resonate with your style of teaching, which is, you know, for startup creative, it's straight up business advice. And, you know, we talk about a lot of mindset things. And uh, yeah, I think you're kind of on that wavelength. But maybe we can start. Where did you, how did this all come about? And, you know, another big thing that I love to chat to people with about is um, turning your passion into a viable business and, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like you're absolutely doing that. Yes, hoping. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so I would have, it would have been 2016 and I was sort of, I don't know, I worked a string of odd jobs until I found myself into the hellhole of the advertising industry, mm-hmm. um, which just I just disagreed with from the get, but I didn't know that there was any other way to sort of turn creativity into money other than ads. And everything that seemed to be on a higher level, like, oh, if you want to make movies or if you want to paint murals or anything, I was like, ah, that's just, I can't do that. That's for smart people. (laughs) So I think, yeah, sort of enough self-belief to make ads, not enough to do anything more than that. That's kind of like where I'm at in there. And then that was about the time that one day I just started drawing um, and I was at the pub and my now wife was working behind the bar and I was like just kind of like drinking by myself not that that's a common activity I'm not I'm not a bar fly but um I was like oh I may as well just draw like something that I haven't done since I was a kid and so she gives me like the doggies paper you know like how people used to bet on paper and so on the back of them I just like had like some pen that I found and I just started drawing and the thing that I wanted to draw was I didn't really know what to draw, but I had like this advice um, from, I was working for an artist as well who ran an advertising agency, but he also had like a whole art thing going on. And he said, if you're gonna draw, uh, just draw the same thing every single day. He's like, that's the only way people become artists is by actually creating a recognizable brand. So he would say things like, um, uh, let's take a popular artist, I don't know. no, don't know any. Herge, like he's like, you know, Herge can draw more than just Lean Clear. He can draw more than just Tintin. But when he draws Tintin, he becomes Herge. You know what I mean? And he's just like, because he's drawing the same thing over and over and over again. And like, mm-hmm. true to his work, this guy Mark Shatner, who told me this advice, he just did these dog and rabbit people. And he's just like, I could sculpt anything. And he did sculpt a lot of stuff. But he's like, but when I sculpt them, I become a brand, I become an artist and I actually mm. become like a thing. And so I was like, oh, well, I may as well just like, I'm not really loving my life. So I'm going to just take his advice. And so like, I was, yeah, on the way to the pub, I'd seen like heaps of ibises because it was Sydney. And so I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll just start drawing ibises. And then, yeah, I posted all those ibises to Instagram. Um, and I just kept doing that for about a year. And in about a year, I think I had like, 4,000 followers, which for me felt like, oh, my God, I am famous, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I've made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I even remember one time, like, when I cracked a 1,000 followers, because, like, I'd drawn some, like, dumb cartoon about an artist, and I think they were, like, doing drugs or something. And um, do you know the page Brown Cardigan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Brown Cardigan reposted it. And, like, it was was on my mate's birthday. And, um... And, like, I just was watching followers go up and it went from, like, 600 to over 1,000. And I was like, this is it. This is it. I'm, I'm done. Guys. I've, yeah. Like, you know, like, you have sort of plans for yourself throughout life and those plans come with expectations. And so, like, I think at the time I was like, well, this will never, ever work, ever. And then within that sort of repost, I completely exceeded my expectations. Yeah. And that sort of... 
Oh, yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. I know I love there's so much about that that I love. It's like A, the consistency and sticking at something because I think especially creatives, right? And as a coach, you see it with people come in like, here's my idea, but then like it's so easy to get like pulled in so many different directions and follow trends or, you know, trying to keep up with algorithms and all these things. And yeah, and people just like them, they lose them their message or why they started and and so much about um creativity and turning into a business is consistently showing up and I think it's you know you do that and I'm keen to chat about it because I I remember for myself and also teaching a few clients this of like remembering those wins like oh my mm. god brown cardigan cardigan reposted yeah, 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 it and it's yeah, yeah. like you know it's the big wins that mean so much to you even though you go on to do, you know, millions of um, views and things like that, um, book deals, all sorts. And yeah, I, it would be ke- I'd be keen to hear what happens next because is it like it's still, you know, it's we, we almost think they're the overnight successes as well. Yeah, said, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll never have to like really try that hard anymore because yeah. yeah. But that sort of like myth about like infinite momentum without like having to pedal the bike. Yeah, you're like, hey, guys, I've made it. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but yeah, so that happened. And then like a week later, I remember I was at a party and I was like sitting with some randos. And this is how I knew it was on my mind because like before it was just kind of like a hobby. And then after that brown cardigan repost, I was like, oh, I might be onto something here. And I was just, I was like, um, like just trying to tell these randoms. I'm like, guys, this thing happened where I got reposted. And I remember them just like being completely disinterested and I remember feeling like quite embarrassed that I was like talking about Instagram (laughs) and like this sort of like idea that maybe it could be something but I remember waking up and being like you know what I reckon drunk me was onto something like um and so sort of with that energy I just kept following Mark Shatner's advice and drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing Mm -hmm. but what i found was that eventually the ibis that i was drawing who was like this little cartoon character um like he got a bit boring so i started adding jokes but then the jokes kind of outgrew the ibis so that's where i sort of got into this sort of like i guess social commentary type drawing and i kind of enjoyed it i'd like play with just kind of like stuff that was going on everywhere and also um politics and just everything and then it's sort of kept going for a while and I was kind of like trying to do things like just experiment I'm like oh what what if I put the Ibis character on a t-shirt and you know that sold a bunch of shirts and then I was like okay so maybe there's like something around illustrations and designs and then from that there was one day and this was sort of like my next sort of big seismic leap where I remember I had this idea and it was basically like it was kind of like a a dumb idea it was basically uh so i'll tell you the idea yeah <laughs> all right so you know how uh cocaine just sort of like typically the rough price that you might pay is 300 dollars for a gram yeah some people tell you cheaper some people tell you more expensive yeah. but by and large the median price is 300 dollars. Mm-hmm. so in mexico it's different you can get it for like between 15 and 50 dollars per gram so what I was working out was because cocaine was becoming so stupidly popular with hipsters and stuff that economically it made more sense to fly over to Mexico if you were going to do more than five grams because of the plane ticket, less the price. So like, yeah. you know, if you compare the two numbers, after five grams, 
Like it's just everybody. natural businessman, just yeah, natural yeah. entrepreneur comes out. Yeah, basically. And so, and I used to look a little bit more, I don't know, frazzled back in the day. So I, and that's part of the story, but um, yeah, I went to try to draw this concept out as a comic, but there were too many moving parts. So I was like, oh fuck, I don't really know what I do. I got it. I got it. So I pulled out like this old camera that I had and I stuck it on my bookshelf and I just told this idea straight to the camera and I was like, there it is. That's the idea. And then I stuck out online and it just blew up. And I was wow. like, yeehaw. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We need to talk about this because I think there's also the thing of like you following what's, you know, like just mm. things that are ideas that you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to go with this and that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of like business success, right? Is it's like, you're not sitting down like almost strategically doing oh, something. Yeah. You're creating, you're just creating that. I want to create this. And that sense of creating for the sake of creating and your passion and, and something unique and how you're wired and how that comes out, like it can really cut through. You know, I think some people are like, how do I go viral? And it's like, just, yeah, you know, like cut, just what's unique to you and your story, you know? Yeah, a very good distinction. Yeah, between, yeah, people who are sort of like calculating the algorithm and being like, this is what the people want. And then you're yeah. just like, yeah. Rather <laughs> so. than just being like, I'm just going to create this thing that's unique to me, right? Um, and then I also, like, I'm, how long into this after Ivis? Brown cardigan success. Oh, I sort of skipped ahead. I pretty much skipped all of 2017 there. So that yeah. was early 2018 with that cocaine video. Um, 2017 yeah. was cool. Um, I, it was a pretty rocky year for me. Um, I was living up in, I don't know if you know, Stockton. No. Uh, it's no, kind yeah. of it's technically part of Newcastle, but culturally mm. it's not. <laughs> like it's <laughs> just north of Newcastle. It's like a peninsula. Yeah. It's like a coal mining town. Um, not a lot going on there. Oh, there's a bit going on now. I think they're sort of getting like the first waves of gentrification. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, I don't know, they're famous for coal and having sharks. So <laughs> there wasn't a lot going on. Um, Place to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in town. <laughs> like, you know, and you've got like three shops and they're all selling fish and yeah. chips. So yeah. Like, hey, yeah. so at this point you're still not making money from your art? Mm, yes and no so I get like my first little tastes of it there's like a, a pub in Sydney uh, hits me up and is like hey we want you to do a coloring in book because they're yeah. like an edgy pub and you know instead of just having like you print out fairies and stuff like that they're just like oh can you do like something like edgy and I was like mm. I can. yes I can and how did they find you because I think this is really cool for people oh literally just through Instagram they just sent right. me a direct message and yeah. I mean that happens both ways right because like you have the one where if you're putting out good stuff sort of like that line from Wayne's World too if you build it they will come you know yeah, yeah. well that's it right because it's like there's an element of it where you, you know just start which is a huge thing that we talk about all the time and creating for the love of it and mm. it's like so many people step back and try to be like perfectionist about it and it's like you know mm. I'll come up with a business model of how this can make money uh, yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. just doing it and then yeah. allow you you never know who's going to stumble across you figuring it out later yeah mm. and there's definitely a healthy middle ground because you see a lot of people who are like I'm just gonna go I'm just gonna <laughs> like I guess mm. who are too far on the spectrum of you know like get everyone to the party 
then we'll figure out the money once they're here. I'm like, yeah, you'll be the fourth thought as you get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not, it's not the <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So there was that. So there was like illustration commissions. There was another thing in 2017 where um, randomly I got asked to do the murals for the pedestrian offices. Mm. Um, and that I remember feeling like I made it <laughs> again. Yeah. It's like all of these moments where you just like, outdo your own expectations you're like I can't believe it yeah Mm -hmm. so that was really exciting um I was tattooing a bit so I was in 2016 I was working like at a tattoo parlor so Mm -hmm. um yeah making money that way and yeah cool so then YouTube the the YouTube video starts taking off no 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 no. that was until a decent while later so like basically I put that cocaine video on Mm -hmm. Like Instagram and Facebook was still semi relevant at the yeah. time, about four years ago, and um and it went viral on Facebook, got like a million or a couple million views or something, mm. and I was like, that's hectic. And then I just saw like my followers jump up, and yeah. so a day later I was like, I'm gonna repeat this, yeah. And so I made like another sort of video that was kind of in that like dodgy economics sort of vein. Yeah. And, and I would have ended up making like 10 or so of these videos, like pretty much like in succession where it would be like things like um, how to technically get free food or like how to, um, you know, some would be like more on the trolling end. Like I made this one, which was like, if you want to get the most out of your ecstasy, you should become vegan. Um, and it was using all this bro science mm-hmm. about how like plant-based people technically have a better time on MDMA. Um, and like, man, I got death threats for that. I was like, <laughs> kind of, it was kind of funny. <laughs> like, it was just me taking all these like hot topics and just saying like the edgiest thing that I could. Yeah. And then there was this one where, so you know how like our smallest increment of cash currency is five cents. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you can use this as a way to technically hack poker machines. Um, yeah. If you play like uh, two cent hits, that round yeah. up five if you lose. So then if you only cash out. Ah. So basically using the odds of a poker machine, I can work out, I worked out that if you were to play two cent hits and cash it out into five cent coins every single time and round it up, even if you played the absolute shittest, po- like, you know, like ECG yeah. rounds ever, Playing full time, you could still you would still at worst at absolute worst end up a year two hundred and twelve dollars richer from getting three cents from the poker machine every single time. Yeah, so I was like, I don't know, I was kind of like happy on that, and um, because the math actually checked out on that, that video ended up going sort of viral in like gambling circles. And I remember there was this one guy who sent me a message, and this was the weirdest thing because I I don't know much about gambling. Like, yeah. um, but some dude, I remember I woke up and it was like a DM and he's like, oh man, uh, you're getting talked about on this gambling podcast. And I'm like, my first reaction was there are gambling podcasts. <laughs> like, and then my second How was like, this legal. Yeah, I'm like, who is listening to a gambling podcast? <laughs> like, who, like, but of course, like subcultures everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So like I stick on this and it's sort of like before they get into the main issue it's you know, they say like a funny story from the world of gambling. And, like, just hearing these, like, old American men discuss, like, some dumb video I had made. And, like, you know when you, I don't know if you ever heard the first time, this is really weird, but do you remember the first time you heard, like, either your business name or your name in an American accent? 
No, I don't know. Nah, I would. I don't think I would have clocked that. But yeah, (laughs) I think I I clock it just because the name was ridiculous, which sounds so Aussie. Yeah, right. Like, oh, oh, there's this Australian man who goes by the name of Struthless. (laughs) I was like, it was like another little. I made it. Mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Mom, I'm on a gambling podcast. I'm on a gambling podcast. <laughs> I do. I still would say that, you know, seven years into my business, then when, you know, someone in Rome inquires for business coaching and you're, you know, you're up at seven o'clock being like, oh, and people are like, why are you working? And I'm like, oh, I've got a client in Rome or, you know, <laughs> Manhattan and stuff. And you're like, I'm still kind of like, how did you find me? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? Okay, so true. <laughs> so yeah, there's still that. Um, <laughs> yes, cool. So we we've got the, all of these things again. I think it's like that common theme of creating stuff that you're loving and that you're, yeah. you know, and it's different. I I think that was a a time for me where. You know, I think I was in a bit of a lull with, you know, having a voice and, you know, when, when I started out, it was a lot of, um, you know, reading a lot of books and, and almost, I guess, like honing my skill of becoming a teacher or, or, you know, an opinion maker or starter or whatever. And, um, you know, there was a lot of, you know, probably a lot of the same ideas, but being said in, in my voice and my tone and over the years, it's like honing it into, yeah, like connecting different dots and saying it, you know, whatever. And I think there was a lull there. And I remember zooming out and being like, all right, you know, what do I want to say? And what's, what's my opinion and how do I, you know, cut through and it's all feeling a bit blah. And I remember being like, if you keep saying the same stuff that everyone else is saying, then why would anyone stop and listen? And I think it was when Instagram really started to get saturated and, you know, it was a lot of the same and everyone could, you know, have an opinion and it was getting quite, yeah, it was just harder. And I, I remember, yeah, that's probably around the same time of like really diving into my meditation and and reading like more quantum physics and weird like, you know, books about occults and things like that. And um, yeah, just weaving in, you know, now I'm on this like train of like, I'm, I'm subscribed, like my favorite like subscription better than Instagram is I'm, I, I somehow got onto it when I was writing my book of subscribe to like research papers. Oh, and it's like now I'm in this algorithm where you get all of these scientific research papers sent to you based on what you're like looking or downloading and stuff. And you just get to download these. I mean, I'll send you a link, but um, yeah. And so I've got like, I, when, when I've got a spare moment, I just sit and read research um, stuff and it all starts to link in. Right. And um, so there's, yeah. And then, sorry, my friend has just decided to troll me and she's taking a photo through the window of me. <laughs> just woke up. <laughs> Hi, Marnie. Ah. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, and starting to form a unique opinion or voice rather than rinse and repeat. And I think it's really good, you know, people at home feeling like, how do I get content to cut through, right? Mm. Um, yeah, it's like, how do you do that? through your unique voice did you have a system to find it or was it just trial and error uh trial and error yeah i think it's um you know the podcast definitely has been popular and um getting lots of messages or or just like i think there was a big surrender and letting go of trying to yeah just being like 
I'm just going to, you know what my one and only system was, is I would wake up in the morning, I still do this, and I do my morning meditation practice and I will process what I'm moving through or what my, you know, just like, yeah, my life and my business and my blockages and my inspirations and and I just tend to think deeply. <laughs> and then wow. I want to be here. That's <laughs> that's cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you are that too, but it's like you sit down and you're like, uh, all right, what does the world need? What does my audience need to hear today? Or like, and try and like, I guess, get it from an inspired place of tapping into the collective consciousness. <laughs> that's really cool. And I, I, I know why you're yeah. laughing because like sometimes it feels like hard to like. Yeah, people are like, yeah, how do, you, how do you write an Instagram caption? I'm like, meditate for an hour and a half, journal for half an hour, tune into the collective consciousness <laughs> and write something that the human soul needs, not what the internet needs. Oh my God, yeah. I really do feel that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Were you ever a Afraid. I don't know if this is an Australian thing, but were yeah. you afraid of leading with sincerity? Uh, yeah, there's vulnerability, right? It's mm-hmm. that feeling of, um, yeah, you, you you know, you're writing something that isn't, you haven't read elsewhere or that maybe, yeah, you haven't put out yet. So you don't know whether it's just something that you're thinking and processing or whatever, That's or whether other point. people would relate. Yeah. And, yeah, you do it. And I I don't know if you've ever done this. I mean, I still do. Sometimes when you like create a piece of content, I was bad when I first started and you have an opinion and you give advice and then you, I'm like stuck to my phone for the next three hours being like, how is this being received? And just like <laughs> kind of waiting and watching for someone to troll you or like oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, that anxiety of like, I've just said something to the internet that's like, you know, and and being really conscious too of being like trying to think of all the ways someone could take it the wrong way so as to make sure oh. no one is in danger as well. Yeah. What about you? What's how do you because I know that you speak obviously and also, you know, looking at your YouTube recently as well, it's like mm. you've got that real consistency with creating content, but you've also got yeah, it's you show up and you know it's not always easy to turn the camera on and be like, all right, here we go. <laughs> to answer your question, and also maybe continue the little narrative as well. Like, um, I think what kind of happened was maybe when the pandemic hit, I was like, oh man, all this comedy sucks. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Um, like, because I feel like what I was doing was making comedy, and there was like a part of me that like had just been like completely rattled, and also mm-hmm. just a part of me that was growing up as well. And I was like, I wanted to do something a little bit more, something like, you know, I would have looked at you back then and just been like, why can't I do that? You know what I mean? Like something something along those lines. Um, And then I feel like the pandemic sort of, anybody who's gone back to their pre-pandemic self, I mean, there aren't many people who are. And that's kind of awesome. And I feel like most people have just been like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to make what I actually want to make. And so... I started, yeah, making sort of more sincere videos and just sticking them on YouTube. This might have been like, I can't really remember when, but it was around that time. And it was really hard at first to sort of get that little like rebrand because I'm like, well, I actually want to talk about this, Mm. but I feel like I've got to masquerade it in this sort of like cynicism, which has got me to 
one place, but it's not mm. really where I want to be. And like, I was just becoming less cynical as a person. Um, and that's because I was like, kind of like working on myself like properly. And so like, I was getting rid of all these like little like proper demons within me. <laughs> and so when they were gone, I was like, oh, I don't really want to make fun of everything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was a difficult transition. And it was. I remember that too. Yeah. I, I remember that phase of like, I think it, you know, my business start, definitely started out with like, you know, marketing and and systems yeah. and processes and here's how to get an ABN and like all this it's stuff. Safe. It's safe. Yeah. yeah, and it's you hone it and you get that. And then I was, yeah, through my own personal transformation, also was like, hang on, there's more to running a business than just you know, uh, click funnels and all this stuff. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, and really being like, I want people to create businesses that like that. that that it feed their soul as well, yeah. you know, and and starting to speak more around that mindset stuff. And um, at yeah, at first you feel like you're back at square one, being a bit of an amateur, which is mm. also exciting and a new challenge. Um, yeah, but also it's almost like the competition chain, or not the competition, but the people, your peers, I guess, or yeah. where you kind of leverage who you, or, or like navigated where you thought you stood changes yeah. because. Um, yeah, you, you, and it's hard. It was hard for me to be like, oh yeah, I used to do all those things, and now I don't really care. <laughs> like, I'm just, yeah. gonna, I'm just gonna create this stuff, and you know, if, if it helps somebody, then like, I'm living my best life. You know, hundred percent. Oh mm. man, I really was. Was there a change you can pinpoint that made you want to do more of that sort of like cerebral yeah. stuff? Well, I definitely, like I read Joe Dispenza's book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, yeah. um, which was the neuroscience of meditation. And just instantly, I'm a, probably a bit obsessive in a way that like when I understand something, I'm like, cool, I have to now add it to my life. Like yeah. I can't know something and not do something. Like I just, it's like this internal guilt that's just like, well, you know, that having a morning routine or like, you know, really and it's just completely shifted my life. Like I started, you know, for the first couple of years there, I was meditating like two hours a day, just like obsessed. Like, oh. but it was like, it felt like I just was in this flow state where I was creating with ease and joy and abundance. And and I just really started to understand that life didn't have to be this hard and hustle. And like, you know, you can radiate an energy and be in alignment with your purpose. And, um, and it should be, you know, this soul experience of finding your flow rather than clunkiness and it's just the more that I practiced it and experienced it the more I was like everyone can live like this you know brilliant yeah brilliant (laughs) this is great (laughs) back to you this is about you Um, (laughs) I love it I also think just jamming with cool people is also hopefully helpful for other people um but yeah, so because this pandemic, you obviously started doing this stuff. When did the book deal come along? Because congratulations, I just saw you got a second one, right? Oh, sorry. Um, my wife just brought me a coffee. Oh, wife. Hi. Dream Hi. wife. Welcome to the podcast. Congratulations. Hey, do you want to share with the audience your news of sure. your... <laughs> it's um, um, So is this your baby's first podcast? Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. Um, for those who are on audio only, I'm holding my wife's pregnant belly, um, but centimeters away from our first child. 
Um, wow. And, yeah, we're 36 in six days. Yeah, they nearly made me wee myself on the way back from the <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> hey, happy journeying through the birth experience. Thank you. <laughs> it's really fun and really cool. Like, it's um, been a really cool thing to learn about. A lot of cool yeah. Yeah. Really what cool. a beautiful but it's I feel like it's a real initiation process you're about to go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the coffee, wifey. <laughs> you so you've just had congratulations on um well, you are a dad, but like um parents yeah. for and um yeah, but you've also you've done one book and you're about to do a second. A second. Yeah, um, yeah, books are crazy, hey? <laughs> They're a real thing, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, Gosh. yeah. There was, like, that little bit, and I, I don't know if you had this as well, but, like, that part of me that's just always wanted to write a book. Like, mm. always, you know, there's the book bug is definitely in me. Yeah. Thank God it is. And I'll, I've always loved writing. Um, and, you know, you're talking about journaling. Like, that's definitely something I've done it since I was, like, 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is always so cringe when you go and find your old journals and you're like, man, I sucked more than I think I did. <laughs> um, but, yeah, writing the book was a really cool experience. It was like there were so many, and this is such a cliche, but there were so many moments where I was like, this, isn't, this is just not going to work. This just mm-hmm. isn't going to work. Like, mm-hmm. give up now, call the publisher, cancel the contract. It's just not gonna. It's not gonna work. And mm. I'm like, just chip away, trust the process. Chip away, trust the yeah. process. But the like hard part was so many of the things that I did and the way that my life was structured was that when I made something, I'll put it on social media. And mm. so I was used to a feedback loop, which was at most three, four days. Mm. It was never more than that. And so now I've got to get on this feedback loop, which is like eighteen months. Mm-hmm. and you know I'd have these like long days of working or because the book's illustrated as well I'd have these long days of drawing and I was so used to like when I would do these things afterwards I'd get that little dopamine hit right like, yeah. you know, like hey well this is what I made it's like I'm putting it on the fridge but like mm-hmm. that fridge wasn't going to come <laughs> until yeah. like a freaking like miles and miles and miles down the road yeah so, that was probably the hardest part was getting into that mindset of like delayed gratification when it came to creative mm-hmm. work which mm-hmm. wasn't a problem I used to have but obviously the internet you know moves quickly mm-hmm. and toxically <laughs> yeah well you know what I remember and I remember when, when I was writing uh doing my magazine um a few years back now 2018 that was but it was this pro similar thing, right? Where it's like, and a friend of mine said to me at the time is we know that everything that we admire or has changed our lives has not been an overnight success. Like what, what, like think of one thing, you know, it's that it's been, we're playing the long game now, you know, we want to stick around. We want to, we want to make, you know, you want your book to be picked up in 10 years and so I want to go this is incredible you know absolutely yeah and um yeah and that and that stuff isn't quick that stuff mm. is yeah deep hard work who were some mm. of the people that you admired when you were talking about that oh uh, I've um I was a bit of a sporting person as a as a kid so for me I've always loved like athletes you know oh, and it's yeah. like yeah, especially, you know, the Olympics is problematic, but also <laughs> has, you know, the people who work long and hard and consistently for a 10-second race, 
you know, and that they get to run in, you know, every four years to, to win a, a gold medal. Like, yeah, athletes for me and their consistent honing of, of skills and, and discipline. Um, yeah, who's, in, who's a couple of athletes? Give them a uh, go-to is, is Serena Williams for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but there was, I mean, there was a documentary uh, that Nike did a few years back um, called Breaking Two and they, they pretty much funded, you know, also has its problematic side to it in the for Nike. But um, try got three athletes to try and break the two-hour marathon. Oh, yeah. Um, that, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was it with Matt Gear? Yeah. 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 Um, what about you? Who's having your inspos on the way? Ooh, good question. Um, I liked a lot of illustrators. Yeah. Um, surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, yeah. So in terms of illustrators, I love Terry Denton. Is sort of an original love of mine. Like when I was growing up, I really loved Robert Crumb. Um, just because, I don't know, I loved Mad Magazine and like all these yeah. like, little lines and stuff. Um, yeah. Just generally um, anything growing up touched by like Klaski Stubo, um, you know, the Hungarian couple turned animation virtuosos. Yeah. Um, amazing. Yeah. I was going to, I just remembered something. I'm just smiling, nodding yeah. at illustrators, hoping that people who are interested in illustration will know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. no, I love it. Get it. Um, who's the guy who did Where's Wally? And what <laughs> did you post the other day about how much, how long it took him? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I was talking about him and Martin Hanford, I believe his name is. Let me just fact check myself so I don't <laughs> seem like I'm doing. Yep, Martin Hanford. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, oh, I adore his work. Um, but, yeah, basically he was actually working sort of like in commercial illustration so, and sort of like advertisements, that sort of thing. And then he would be doing all these little um, crowd scenes. That was kind of like his favourite thing. And then that one band, The Vapors, commissioned him to do this album artwork. It's sort of like mid-80s. Um, and he ended up doing this big crowd scene where it's like kind of looks a bit like Where's Wally. So you've got all the tiny little people there, but they're like forming this eye and they're all wearing like appropriate clothing so that they look like they're part of something. And then from this, uh, a fellow at Walker Books goes, you know what, I reckon your illustration style, while you're using it for commercial stuff and for grown-ups, I actually think it's like you could make a really brilliant children's book. And he's like, oh, yeah, I love that idea. And he's like, yeah, we can do a cool picture book. He's like, yeah, but I really want people to obsess over every detail here because there are so many details. And so they stumbled upon the mechanic, what, what if it was like a searching game? And then Martin Hanford's like, well... There's this one character I wouldn't mind sticking in there. That character turns out to be Wally. Anyway, the thing that like blows my mind, and this is kind of like what you're saying about the depth is the thing that lasts through the ages, is that every single one of those pictures on average would take two months. Two months start to finish. Like, can you imagine like if you were just like nine to five and every day you rock up and you chip away, it's like chiseling at a rock and you just like get another character down, get another character down. And I think the staggering amount of planning and I know like some people might like if you do zoom in you're like okay yeah those are pretty simplistic lines like the proportions are stylized so he doesn't need to really know anatomy like you know like there are things that you could write off but really when you look at it like all the lights going the same way like his sense of layout is phenomenal and then his sense of like planning to get like meta pictures going through these tiny pictures it's just like it's just unreal 
It's really and so one picture because there's like what ten or so pictures per book, and then yeah. however many books. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And pump them out, I love that discipline yeah. and consistency. Yeah, yeah, showing yeah. up and doing the same thing. Same thing, exactly, exactly. Done. So there are plenty of other crowd artists, like plenty of other illustrators who do those hyper detailed works. But because mm. you had, I feel like so much stuff comes down to like the strength of your branding, and like a true artist might be a true artist, whatever the fuck that means. But like somebody who's probably on the less business end might be cynical to that idea that branding is important, but it's just like, I don't know if you, we can divorce branding from its sort of capitalist stigma and realize that it's just like a way that something like actually has salience in the brain, then we can embrace branding. And where's well, what? Yeah. Mm. And this is the, this is, I was chatting about this in a talk that I had to do the other day and was trying to explain target market and branding and stuff. What, okay. and I think back to the consistency I did how to start a side hustle, how to actually start your business for, as a talk. I did it. I got asked to do a talk at General Assembly. I think it must have been 2018. Yeah. And did it. They were like stoked with the turnout. Like they're like all these registrations, um, you know, this big crowd. I got heaps of follow up from it. And, you know, in me was like, okay, cool. Now what's what else can I do? And I remember just being like, it worked. I'm just going to keep going. I reckon I ran something along that title for two years straight, um, maybe like 15 times as workshops online, like in person. I was like, where else is there people who need how to start a side house? Like this works. So now I can just find new audiences that haven't heard it. And, um, you know, spoke to probably, you know, 10,000 people, I reckon, online platforms and, you know, for I reckon 2018, 2019, and end of 2019, the publisher was like, hey, can you write How to Start a Side Hustle? And I was like, duh, I know this stuff. And it was like the most perfect timing of me being like, I know exactly what needs to be in that book. Um, and, you know, and I think back to the point is I was saying in the talk the other day is like you, the benefit of that is that somebody you know and it's and I've seen the flow on effect of it is now instead of me being like hey you want me to give this talk people are like oh we've got a side hustle thing that we want to do oh let's get k you know or start yeah. a creative you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I'm seeing that now because of the discipline of of showing up and just honing that skill set over and over you know oh that's so awesome mm. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I think it's do similar you, do you do the graphic design on your Instagram no no. Okay, six, six, six. Yeah, well, yeah. brilliant taste and direction anyway. Oh, thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've um I've always I like, been lucky. I also like the words in the content, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I love it. Thanks. Um, hey, can can we jump in? I know we're bouncing all around yeah, the place and we could go on and on and on. But I really would love to touch on the topic of um before we wrap this up, because I know that you and I, which we're, I'm going to come and meet with you and we're doing this, um, you know, going back to COVID and creating content and, you know, like the stuff that's come, that comes out. I know for me, like I did a lot of the, you know, lockdown, especially last year solo and um, really went to some depths of my, you know, soul and dark days and creating from a dark space for the first time rather than always being inspirational um but yeah creating from that space and really starting to like you know have this 
review process of my relationship with social media and and you know being liked quite literally and followed <laughs> um but as somebody who shows up really consistently in that space and has had lots of success from all of your different platforms you know the led to book deals and lots of cool collabs and stuff how how do you manage that yeah i guess the mental health side around social media with perfectionism and procrastination and or just content creation in general right and the fear and the self-doubt and you know I think you you speak a lot about perfectionism and um because I know that that's a real thing that people just don't do content creation because it's too you know this the self-doubt of like I'm not good enough or you know for me I've definitely also battled with um feeling like it can suck me dry or why am I doing this or who am I doing it for? And yeah, but what, yeah. Can you school us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a really um shitty feeling when you like spend days and days and days on something and you're like, you don't enjoy the process and you're hating yourself and you're anxious and then you put it out and nobody watches it and you're like, Oh, or worse, somebody hates on it. Mm. Um, so there's like the risk is really high and the rewards really high as well. Like when making anything um, and that risk is sort of like, yeah, like I said, like that's sort of like investment into like, you know, your time or investment of money and also like the vulnerability that comes with creating something and being like, this is the best I can do. <laughs> what do people think? <laughs> like, please don't judge me too harsh. I'm quite insecure. Yeah. So like the risk is really high, but obviously the reward is really high, which is kind of like what we've talked about and sort of like the basis of, I guess, who, who you talk to, which is like, you know, the ability to make money doing something you love, which theoretically ticks multiple boxes of what life could be about. So to get from point A, terrifying risk, to point B, nice reward, I guess there's like so many things that kind of need to get addressed. So like one would be perfectionism. And I feel like all of these things have like, you can basically two parts. So you've got the symptom and then the root cause and you can attack usually two parts of these things. So if we take something like perfectionism, just as an example, so a symptom of, so let's say perfectionism is a symptom. It might be the root cause is that like on some level, you just don't think you're good enough. So to tackle the symptom, you would say, all right, I'm going to create stuff. This is like my technique. Um, once something is at what I consider 70% perfect, I'm just going to say it's done and hit upload. And that would start tackling the symptom of perfectionism. Now, to tackle the root cause, I don't think I'm good enough. That's going to take, like, journaling, a lot of deep conversations, um, maybe meditation, you know, all of that sort of, like, actual self-work. So, like, usually if you can do those two things in tandem, I find it's really good. It's like simultaneously putting out a forest fire while backburning on a cold day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah, hey, yeah. What's your relationship with that? I mean, like, do you do you ever feel, you know, overwhelmed or like, you know, like even you know, obligated to to be in that world or or to creating or how are you how are you battling or I mean, you know, embracing? Yeah, I've definitely I'm in a good place with it at the moment, and I think a lot of it's because I've got this sort of bigger task at hand, which was the baby. <laughs> um, so, like, it's almost taking this really nice backseat where I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 the internet, making stuff, yeah, cool, I'll do that. But really my main thing is doing all this baby stuff. So, like, I feel like I can sort of split it into before and after kind of trying to make right. peace. 
Yeah, yeah. So the like, son of the son of Strickland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like before I was very, very obsessive, and the metrics would dictate my mood a lot. And if something didn't work, it meant that I didn't work. And if I didn't work, then I wasn't good enough. I was unlovable. All of the, you know, pretty much like textbook shit relationship with your work kind of mm-hmm. feelings. Um, and it took a lot of unpacking and a lot of, I guess, like there'd be that sort of like deep unpacking the root cause stuff, but also the symptomatic stuff. So like um, even the way that I use my phone, I had to change. So I had to like put my phone on grayscale. I'd have to delete the apps as soon as I wasn't posting I'd have mm-hmm. to put my phone in a lockbox if I was working. Like I found, I'm, I just have an extremely addictive personality. Mm-hmm. And as soon as something feels like a vice, I will do it forever. And it's like, it's just something that I've noticed about myself. Um, at the moment it's Tetris, which is really weird. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it used to be drugs. So like Tetris yeah. is awesome. Um, yeah. But, yeah, for a while it was definitely metrics and social media. And, like, you know, there are, like, good things to being obsessive, like what you were saying about um, how, you know, when you clocked that meditation worked, you became obsessive. I think when I clocked that hard work worked and hustle worked, I became obsessive and I'd work, like, you know, you're 24-7, 365 kind of hours. Um, but in more recent times, I think... What I've realized is it's not everything. A, B, maybe it's just getting older, but I just kind of care a bit less about what people think of me. Um, I sort of did a lot of things to address my actual mental health a lot more. So, like, I've really started to try to tackle, like, the shit that is going on. And in doing that, it's made a lot of other things easier. I've also tried to build a business that doesn't rely on social media. So now the metrics don't really bother me because they're not, dictating yeah. my bank account as much so like yeah. that's the fashion studio so i don't yeah, know amazing like, I, don't I love, yeah, I, I really love that, how you brought that up around um, the baby and stuff. And I, you know, for me, I think I had a similar experience of the pleasure of falling in love recently. Ooh, uh, ooh. Yeah. Um, thanks for like my hard launch of my relationship on my podcast. <laughs> how, good, how good is it? I actually, um, so, sorry, I'll one connection no, no, no. better one. So, Felicity, who was on here, um, she turned 30 on Sunday. So, I made, like, yeah. a full, like, book of, like, her life. And I yeah. found the post where I'd soft-launched her, like, <laughs> online in 2013. And I was like, that is soft-launch. Um, but tell me, yeah. What was the soft-launch photo? So, it was very, uh, it was, like, like we hand did. holding or something. <laughs> no, it was. Um, do you know Dubbo? Yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we lived in Bathurst and we were driving yeah. to Dubbo for this gig. Mm. Um, and then as we were coming back, there was this gigantic like junkyard, mm. and some dude made all these sculptures. So we're like, well, let's check that out. And we found this sculpture of a robot playing the piano, and Felicity sitting down playing with him. And I just took a photo, stuck it on my Instagram account to my twelve followers. <laughs> You know, and I was like, heartbreaker. Tell me about Um, the the reason I I share this story is because I think that was, you know, coming off the back of COVID and the lockdown and, yeah, feeling really 
that you know creating a lot of content and stuff and you know I think a lot of ways my business you know really you know it was really natural and genuine for me to show up and and be really supportive but as a result your your dms are blowing up and you know you're you're seeing and people's experiences and you can't not want to help and contribute right and so yeah coming off the back of like what am I doing here like you know am I still enjoying being this intensely on this on this platform and giving to like is it natural for one person to give to this many people or have eyes on or you know and um and I remember over December and spending time with my my now partner and um and just like having the feeling in your body that is like so electrifying and grounding and it's this you know where I th- imagine what having a baby will will be like is a purpose and like a mm. this is why we're human connection will always be better than this online digital world and and suck suck. yeah right and going in and not knowing where my phone was on the weekend because I was you know out on an adventure Uh, just like staring lovingly into my father's eyes like right you know but that and I really remember observing the feeling of human connection and I was like this is it you know like I've forgotten you know especially off the back of lockdown I think it was like you know the those little like handholds and you know when you catch the glimpse and and it's like ah like and that really shifted me being like I don't need to be on this space showing my entire life to people like you know and to your point as well around building a business that isn't necessarily you know dependent on socials you know, when I was writing my book and, you know, the podcast is out there, the book is out there, you know, I'm writing programs for the Indigenous Chamber of Commerce right now when, I, you know, yeah. speaking gigs are coming through and stuff. And, you know, I'm not putting all of that on socials, but I don't need to because I'm like, there's heaps of cool shit happening in the background that I'm loving and, you know, I'll show up and be there for socials. But, you know, I'm very confident in my ability, you know, my business is um yeah i guess um yeah ability to to grow and scale with or without mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Love. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah thank you um we'll we'll come by this year i'm actually um i was actually thinking about getting you although your wife is probably going to be very busy but now that you're i found out you're a tattoo artist mm. <laughs> I've, got, I've got got some up my sleeve oh really <laughs> cool ideas um, Come sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. I think Fliss is going to be tattooing pretty much until. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll That's be there cool. next week. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. I'd love that. Hey, um, what would be your number one tip to round us out and um, of what somebody looking to turn their passion into a business? Hard to single it down to one. Pay your taxes. <laughs> No, that's terrible. Although I think it's a huge tax bill. Um, uh, let me. I really want to want to get this number one tip. Um, I would say, when in doubt, trust your gut. Just go go with go with yourself. Yeah. Like, you just know what's up. You know what's up. Like I feel yeah. like so much of decision making process is just us stumbling onto 
like us being able to articulate our intuition. Mm-hmm. Like you already generally know the answers. Like mm-hmm. you might say, oh, what do I want to do? I don't know what I want to do. Like I, I feel like I want to do this, 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 this. Like that's all a defense mechanism mm. because starting is really scary and starting is the first step of failing. So like if we can get rid of that, like your intuition already knows, your gut already knows. So just, I don't know, get real good at listening to, to yourself in a really yeah. unafraid manner. Love it. Amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. All of your incredible wisdom. Where can people find you? And also let's give wife a shout out because her Instagram and stuff is really cool as well. Oh, yeah. Check out. Uh, Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) So funny how those get completed. So Felicity, you can find at uh, on Instagram or TikTok at Floppy Hot Dogs. Um, spelled how it sounds. Um, me, I'm pretty much everywhere as Struthless on YouTube or Struthless69. Struthless Studios is my studio. Um, YouTube's probably more the vibe of this podcast. So, yeah, check that out. Amazing. Oh, God is so Dead. That's my pod as well. So, check out God is Dead. Awesome. Not anti religious. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Good to have Thanks, you here. Thank you so much, Kay. Good luck with the baby journey. Thank you. Sweet. <laughs>